Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. I don't know what trouble or trial you're facing, but the answer is only Jesus. I don't know what life is taking you through, but the answer is only Jesus. I don't know what life has dealt you in the past week. I don't know the difficult people and difficult situations and difficult diagnosis and difficult trials you had to face, but I, you come to the place to, if you didn't know, God is reminding us today that it's just Jesus. See, life gets bigger than us, but it never gets bigger than Jesus. Problems are more than we can handle, but there ain't nothing God can't handle. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Woo. Mmm. Mmm. People talk about, hmm, you got to have a verse. You got to have words. Sometimes the Spirit speaks without words. Sometimes you can't even utter a word when you go through some real problems. Mmm. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But Tony Carter blessed us this morning. Thank you so much. That made me throw out my notes and preach something else. Start a sermon in day only. Jesus. Whew. Hmm. On this morning, thankful and grateful we are to the God of heaven who's allowed two things to happen. He's allowed us to be here and he has allowed his spirit to permeate this place. And sometimes you don't receive a blessing because you ain't got your cup out. Better there been enough this morning to overfill everybody's cup. I don't care if you dressed to the highest or ain't dressed at all, uh, but everybody got something that's a burden on their shoulder. Everybody got a problem that they're wrestling with. Everybody got an issue that's encroaching on your life, and if you don't know how to handle your issue, your issue will handle you. But we come to the place today to be reminded that only Jesus can help us through our problems and our struggles. Only Jesus. This is one of them song services. I just spare say the invitation and we just go home. Only Jesus. And come up and say another verse of that. But I want to share a few words today and take my seat as uh, I'm just full today. That 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 it's been a long week for the preacher, long two weeks spent. Uh, all the week in Fort Worth at the Crusade for Christ, and and then having been named the director, national director for the Crusade, Brother Gilbert was very busy. Because now I'm gonna need I'm gonna need all my church folk to help me with three things. I just need y'all to know we about to turn up the level on local evangelism. We about to hit the road on national evangelism. 
and we're in position for international evangelism. All those are in our hands. God don't place more than we can handle. I said us. I thought you said, Brother Gilbert, you. It's when I say, when they said you, they meant me and Sheldon Heights. So we just finished the crusade for Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. We'll be in Detroit, Michigan in 2021, sharing national evangelism. And as I am continues to do his work across the seas, we're in the midst of evangelism internationally. And here at the Sheldon Heights Church of Christ, we got local evangelism to conquer. So it's all about saving souls. That's what it's about. And somebody said the odds are against us, that politically the world looks like it don't want to believe in Jesus, that, that, that everybody has turned their way from God. But, but I want you to know that, that, that every tongue is going to confess, every knee is going to bow that Jesus is Lord. Amen? Let me see if I can get this way to the, to the lesson I want to share today. It's, I was, um, today is a big day in Chicago, if you don't know. Uh, this is Pride Sunday, and I want to get in my lesson like this, and, and hear me clearly. That, hear what the preacher is saying, because people that support Pride Sunday, and I do know for, for sure that in the Pride Parade of the past, some of my members have been out in the Pride Parade. I already know. Y'all think I, the preacher find out everything. Everything's on Facebook. Everything is tweeted. Whatever you put on Social media. I know some of my members out there marching in pride parade. God bless you, God. Because if Jesus was here, he'd be in the pride parade. He'd be walking right beside my mayor, Lori Lightfoot, and be trying to point everybody to the way that God wants them to go. It's a big day in Chicago, 50 years. Biggest parade. God bless those who are doing pride parade. God bless those who parade for anything and everything. But come close with me for a moment. Shouldn't we as children of God be marching and parading for something? Should we stand up? We shouldn't sit quietly while the world determines our direction and determines what they think we ought to believe, and we sit quietly. Somebody, a, I heard a comedian one day joking about Christians. He said, I'm so glad that Jesus in his beatitude said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He said, I'm so glad that that's the kind of people Christians are, because if they inherit it and they meek, I can go take it. But I wish I was there to preach a little message to him. But the Bible says that the meekest man in the whole Bible was Moses, and Moses killed a, um, Moses killed a man. And uh, don't take meekness don't mean weakness. In fact, the word meekness means power under control. I'm so glad that Jesus the Christ has given us marching orders that all of us should be in a parade representing Jesus the Christ. Now, that can happen two ways. Collectively, it can happen individually. That means every day. Y'all remember marches of the 1960s, don't you? Well, the great gentleman who's one of my heroes, Dr. Martin Luther King, civil rights marches, letting people know that there is an injustice. It was King that said injustice anywhere is a threat to, to, to justice everywhere. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And he decided to march for the cause. I'm so glad that he 
believed in nonviolence, which was even the mode of Jesus Christ. Everybody don't, everybody doesn't see that. Some of you don't have enough patience. Like one of his counterparts who said, hmm, treat a man right, love your neighbor. But if he lay his hands on you, escort him to the cemetery. Malcolm X, by any means necessary. Uh, you ought to march. That's a that's the Malcolm X quote. If you want to look it up, I know quotes of all the '60s people, but uh, they marched for what they believe, for rights they want to share. I want to say today, in my short time preaching, there should be no greater parade or march than that of the disciples and the Christians who follow Jesus to Christ. There's a lot of marches going on with a lot of messages. But is there a message greater than the Christian message for the world to hear? But first of all, come close. Before I can march for something, I got to believe in something. I can't march for Christ if Christ has not touched my life. We ought to stand tall and march every day. Everywhere I go, it's about people seeing Jesus in me, knowing what I stand for, knowing what I believe in. But most importantly, don't miss this fact. I can't talk about Jesus if Jesus hasn't done nothing for me. People who are children of God can't go around complaining, moping, oh, I ain't making it. If you with Jesus, you sure enough going to be all right. If you with Jesus, even in the valley, you got a reason to praise. Somebody ought to go on the march for Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to stand and wave the banner of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to let the people in the world know what God has done for you. You ought to be on a march. Tired of folk looking at everybody else marching when we got the greatest message. And the people who are marching in the pride parade, believe in what they march, but I want to know when Christians going to march for Jesus. I know when somebody going to tell the story, what he's done for me. In the words of Brother Barrage, what he's done for somebody else, I know he can do for me. I ought to be on a march every day of my life that when I talk, people see me marching for Jesus. When I walk, people see me marching for Jesus. When I'm at my job, they see me marching for Jesus. Wherever I go, people see me marching. For the cause of Jesus Christ. Hmm, so I ain't got to wear a shirt to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I don't have to wear a hat that says that Jesus is the captain of my ship. I just need to walk like it, talk like it, act like it. Hmm. And like everybody else, when you got Jesus on the ship. See, the disciples had to learn what it means to have Jesus on your ship. Disciples were in the ship with Jesus one day and a storm came up. And disciples Jesus was traveling with and he was teaching a lesson. They were expert fishermen. They knew the sign of the sky. They knew when storms came up. They knew when a storm came up that took people out before. They were on the ship and they saw the sign of the storm coming. They started to rock the ship. Water was coming in. And they went down to tell Jesus, we just want you to know we are expert fishermen based on our calculations, based on our understanding, based on our reading of the sky. All of us are about to die. 
Jesus got up from his sleep. See, when you got, I, I just need to know Jesus on board with me. He ain't got to be, he ain't got to be in the driver's seat. I just need to know he's in the car with me. He don't have to be awake. I just need him to know that he's in my house with me. I, I don't need him to be marching with I just need to know he's on my job with me. He's at school with me. He's on the road with me. Wherever I go, as long as Jesus is with me. They went down in the boat. They told Jesus, look, uh, master, wake up. Um, we're expert weathermen. Uh, there's a storm coming right now that all of us are about to die. They forgot who they was. You know, in this life, don't ever forget who you're riding with. Don't ever forget his power to handle all situations and all circumstances. And see, once, so Jesus came up and said, oh, ye of little faith. He walked to the top of the ship and said, peace, be still. Can you imagine in the worst storm you ever seen that Jesus come out the church, wind blowing, roof about to blow off, tornado coming down the way, all of us saying, you know, we're going to die in church today. He walks out the front of the church, speaks to nature, which he created. Peace, be still. They looked around and said, what manner of man is this? The, even the winds and the waves obey. And see, when you get off the ship, you got a reason to march. You got something to say when Jesus has blessed you and he brought you a mighty long way when you should have been gone. A lot of folk in here should have been gone. When you drove up to the accident and you was one minute too late, or you was past the spot and they said a horrific accident happened and you was a you know minute too early, you were lucky. No, you wasn't. You had Jesus in your ship. You just passed the place and they shot up the place and you just left. Whoa, I'm lucky. You ain't lucky. You got Jesus in your ship. Went to the doctor and he said, you're not going to make it. And next time you come, you making it. You got Jesus in the ship. There's something about having him in your ship that now you got something to say. We got to be on a march telling people about the Jesus we believe in. We can't be silent. We can't be quiet. Jesus came into the city of, uh, when he came into the city on Palm Sunday, uh, the, the Pharisees started to get mad. And they said, tell these people to stop calling you Hosannas. Stop calling you Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Jesus turned to the Pharisees and said, if they be quiet, the rocks will begin to sing. Can I stop for station identification? I'm never going to ever let a rock. I'm never uh, going to let a rock out praise me. There may be some people in front of the praise line when I get to heaven, you, but, but ain't no rocks going to be out praising Brother Gilbert. You got to be mighty silent to let a rock out praise you. I'm not saying everybody got to raise their hand, holler, shout, or say amen, but every now and then, a praise ought to come from your lips. I'm not going to let a rock out praise me. Because when God has stepped in your ship and caused the storm to stop, you ought to say something. 
when it looks like you wasn't gonna make it because your money wasn't long as your bills, you ought to say something. When God is in my ship, you ought to say something. And every day we ought to be on a parade for Jesus the Christ, the Son of the Living God. There's something about Jesus. And what Jesus says, as I get to my text and make two or three points and take my seat, I'm just about finished. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount. And he begins with eight Beatitudes that ought to be our attitude in the midst of this thing called life. Amen. I just want to briefly just say what he said and take my seat. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are mourned because they shall be. There's something about when Jesus is in your situation, your situation is bad, but when you're with Jesus, it gets better. See, he never said, hmm, you know, and that old prophet said that no weapon formed against me will prosper. He just didn't say no weapons wouldn't show up, just wouldn't take you out. There's going to be some stuff that show up, but it's not going to take you out. He goes on to say, blessed are the meek, amen. Uh, and somebody said, I ain't got nobody to speak for me. He said that in your meek spirit, God going to help you to inherit all the things you need. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I, I, as long as God is with me, blessed are the pure in heart, they'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Somebody ought to be a peacemaker, amen. For with you a peacemaker, you call the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, watch what Jesus, watch his transition. He says, if you live that kind of life in those eight Beatitudes, where you come in contact with the stress, the trials and tribulations of this life, he said, no matter what you come in contact with, I'm going to turn around your situation and I'm going to make it better. Do you see we got something to march? Do you see we got something to say? And even if you can't be in a collective march, on Monday you ought to be on an individual march. Where people see what you stand for. People see what you believe in by the attitudes you have. And then Jesus says two things as I come to an end. He says in verse number 12, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, that means if you lose your saltiness, you can't go marching. If you lose your saltiness, you can't be on a march. How can it be made salty again? He said, it's no good. We're going to throw it in the ground and trample over it. And then he said the second thing, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp and put it under a bowl or the King James, a bushel. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. It gives light to everyone in the house. Hmm, when you live for Jesus and God has shown up in your life, it gives light to everyone in the house. If, hmm, if you're the only one that got some light, when you show up, darkness goes out and light comes in. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your Father. Here's my final two points today as we think about our march. He says, first of all, you are the salt of the earth. Second of all, you are the light of the world. Salt 
and light were both created in Genesis chapter 1. Salt and light, a central element, salt, sodium chloride, that if you have too little of it, you're going to die. You get too much of it, you got high blood pressure, you're going to die. The God of heaven made man where he had just enough salt in the body. He could live, amen. That's why some of us got to watch sodium content because we, we just put salt on everything. Because salt has the power to change something bland. Somebody said, this food don't have no seasoning in it. Got to have some salt to bring it up to taste, uh, I can't imagine. I don't, you know, there's some things that ain't got no salt. It's hard for me to stomach. I, you know, we trying to live healthy in the house and my wife had them no salt chips. And I said, man, let me, how you going to have some chips without some salt? I'd rather have none than to eat it without salt. Got to have some salt on it. Got to put some seasoning in it. Because salt does three things. First of all, salt penetrates. Whatever you put salt in, it penetrates. It, 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 just a little salt. Salt just don't, if you put a little salt in your bowl of, uh, let me see what we're going to have this morning. We're going to have some, um, some grits. I'm a connoisseur of grits and I'm a connoisseur with some shrimp. You, you can't have no, I know some people put a whole lot of sugar in it, but I got to have a little salt in it. Real grit eaters eat some salt in the grits. Amen. You ain't got no salt. And you know, I love this about old folk. When you try to learn uh, out of their cookbook, you say, how much salt do I put in? They just say, just grab this much and throw it in there. Man, what is that in a cookbook? Pour some on their hand and just drop it in there. How you gonna measure that? Old-fashioned cooks didn't need no cookbook. They just had recipes from one generation to another generation. Those family secrets that were given from one generation to another generation. If you you didn't get it right, it's not gonna taste right. And if you left the salt out, salt is able to penetrate the soup and the gumbo and. The, jambalaya and the grits and who I think I go get something to eat. Y'all see me a little later. Now I ain't got hungry. I'm on my way to the place to get something. Mm. Salt has a penetrating effect. Then when salt enters an environment and particularly when the salt is a Christian, the whole environment changes when you walk in. Just by the way you talk, you know, you, you know when Salt has its power. It changes the whole environment. It's, it's, there's something about when a Christian shows up. There's something about if I'm on a trip and I see, if I'm on an airplane and I see a few Christians, much as I fly, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I start to feel mighty good. Because if all our prayers are going up, we're going to land this thing safely. When Christians show up in the environment, it penetrates and makes a change. But not only that, there's something that salt does. And I asked us, does, does, is there anybody here that remembers the days when people didn't have refrigerators? Just raise, anybody remember they grew up in a house, been somewhere, went and had no refrigerator? 
Yeah, but see, back down south, let me take y'all on a down south lesson. See, I know something because I used to visit my grandmother's farm down south all the time, and, and my uncle was able to kill a hog. And I would say, man, that's a lot of meat to eat today. It'll spoil it. I mean, and I, I don't know how, how people made it back in the day with these old things. They would, they would kill some meat, and then they would rub it down in some salt, and they eat all went along because salt has the power to preserve. Salt has the power to save. And you know what happened to old, some of these old folk? They live longer than some of us young folk. <laughs> Down south, they lived years and years. Stuff we said, if we eat, we going to die. They ain't and they live. Because they knew how to handle salt. Because enough of it in some meat would make sure you have some, some, some bacon all went along. <laughs> I love me some bacon. I'm not trying to get on that place. I, certain things I'm not going to, you know, I may give up all the meat, but I'm not, two things I'm not giving up, chicken wings and some bacon. They can take everything off, off the plate, but I'm, 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 I'm I got to have some bacon. I, come on, Brother Gilbert. And bacon is full of salt, amen. But I, but I've cut back. I was eating bacon last week. Instead of getting four pieces, pieces I ate three. I, I'm a little, little longer. I'm telling you I'm doing better. Come on, Gilbert. Get to where you have to go. He says that salt not only penetrates, salt also has the ability to preserve. When Christians show up in areas who are children of God, we're the kind of salt that can save the lives of people. We're on a march that can come and touch somebody's life and say, the same thing that saved me is able to save you. And I want to tell you about what Jesus has done for me. Salt of the earth, Jesus said, are his disciples, his children that are sprinkled in the earth that's able to penetrate environments, able to preserve people. And then thirdly, salt has another property. Before folk could go to the, I remember years ago, and my mama told me I didn't remember, I would never let it happen. I got sick down south and got, um, you know, when you get sick down south, they got down south remedies. Ain't no Walgreens to go to. Ain't no CVS to go drop some down. You get sick, they may go get you some, some cow, some cow tea. And it wasn't from the cow; it was from the cow dropping. That would they would take that cow dropping and they would make tea. And if you drink it, you'll be made whole. I guess down south, I would have died. <laughs> As a little boy down south, my mother being a young mother and a mosquito bit me in the eye, my mama told me what my grandma did to save my life. I said, no, grandma, we wouldn't. When I got old, I said, we wouldn't do that now, grandma. I was all sold up. Grandma, who dipped snuff, took a cup of water, dropped some snuff down in the eye. Oh! 
like Jesus, but the man could not see. Jesus made uh, took some spit and mud and put in the man's eye. Some stuff. Salt has healing properties that not only can it penetrate and preserve, but it has medicinal properties where if you put salt, it's able to preserve and stop you from dying, can come in and and keep an area alive. It has healing propensities. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Somebody ought to go marching. Somebody ought to go telling about the power of Jesus. Somebody ought to tell that no matter what trials you face, what troubles you face, that, that there's Jesus who's able to penetrate every aspect of your life. And let me tell you something else about salt. I don't have time to read it, but when God brought, I won't have to get to that. When God brought the children of Israel out of 400 years of slavery, it took Moses and 10 plagues to get them out in one day. They got out of Egypt in one day, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. One of the things that God did, the book Genesis, Exodus, then came Leviticus. Leviticus was all of the worship practices, all the sacrifice practices. And in Leviticus chapter 2.13, this is the word that uh, Moses, led by the Spirit of God, wrote. He said, add salt to all your sacrifices. Salt to all your sacrifices. That means that whatever we give God, whatever we present to God as a living sacrifice, Romans chapter 12, verse number one, we ought to add some salt to it. It ought to be a permeating sacrifice. It ought to be a life-changing sacrifice. It ought to be a sacrifice that wherever I go, people see as I live my life for God, there's some salt in my life that has transformed me and able to transform you. Salt of the earth. Salt that's been infused by the spiritual power of Christ Jesus. We ought to go marching every day and let people know we got some salt in our life. We ought to let people know we got some, that we've been preserved by Christ Jesus, not only in this life, but in the life to come. There's a story we got to tell. There's some good news we got to share that God has blessed us, and that salt ought to come out the shaker. It's good to have salt on a table on a shaker, but if you never, uh, a salt on the shaker, salt on the shaker, unless it come out the shaker, it can't do no good. And salt in the church, as long as it stay in the church, it can't do no good till it goes outside and touches the lives of men and women. If I had a minute, I would talk about not only does God create salt in the beginning because what he does, he creates the seas and salt is an element in the seas, but he also creates light. Light is so important in the Christian journey. See, I got to make this point that all of us navigate this life by light. You can be led by the light of Jesus Christ. You can be led by your own light. You could be using a flashlight. You could drink some Bud Light. But everybody, somebody was sleeping. I thought I'd wake them up. Somebody was already dozing. When I said Bud Light, they came up. 
We're not offering Bud Light here today. I just want you to know. <laughs> but everybody is led by some light in your life. But the only light that saves mankind is the light of Christ Jesus. See, what happens is, come close. Let me, see, let me give you an example. Let me, um, I, I, I think I did this this morning. I just want to make this final point and I'll be finished. So somebody comes to you and say, I got a problem. You know, uh, my husband ain't acting right. My boyfriend ain't acting right. And then what you do is you say, look, let me give you my light. I'm going to share with you how to handle the problem. By the way, your resume is that you had three husbands and you ain't got one right now. But you're going to give some good advice. You got to watch who's, who, who's, see, I can give my light or I can share God's light. See, some people think they're so smart. They don't need the Bible. They don't need God. They don't need, they smart enough about it. That's why they're in the same problem they've been in. Because they've not been living by the light of Christ Jesus. See, when it comes to God, watch this for a minute. Anybody ever seen, looked up in the sky in the daytime? You see the sun shining bright. That same sun shining bright is shining on the moon on another part of the earth where they can see the moon at night. The moon don't have its own light. The moon only has reflected light. And then beyond the moon, the sun drops on some stars. And there's some starlight. Starlight is better than no light. Moonlight is better than starlight. But nothing beats sunlight. The problem is that some people are walking their lives to some starlight. Starlight is limited understanding, limited knowledge, limited understanding that somebody thinks that their light is better than the sunlight. No matter how smart you are, how many degrees you have, how much God said as high as the heavens are above the earth, are his ways above our ways, his thoughts above our thoughts, God's light will always be better than our light, our understanding. Somebody look at the Bible and say, well, that's just not the way I understand it. That's not the way I see it. I don't think it should go that way. You dealing with light. When disciples came and told Jesus they're about to die, they wasn't dealing with the sunlight. I'm not talking about the S-U-N, I'm talking about the S-O-N. See, when you got the sunlight on your side, stuff don't look like. Hmm, it does. Do you not know, have you ever tried to be out changing a tire in the dark or doing anything in the dark and all you got is liberty light you can't see? People trying to operate with liberty lights, trying to find their way through life. <laughs> when the only answer in this world it's the S-O-N light. When I'm the salt of the earth, when the sunlight is in my life, I'm going to march every day letting people know the same God that blessed me is able to bless you. Stand right now on your feet. Stand this morning. Oh, I had so much to preach, but that song just got me all tangled up. All my trials. What a, what a powerful song today. But I just wanted you, wanted you all to know there's over a million people marching day in the pride parade. There ought to be a million Christians marching every day for the cause they believe in. Jesus being the Christ, the son of the living God. Martin Luther King marching civil rights. That's a great cause. 
but there's no greater margin for eternal life, not only in this life, but the life to come. If you don't know Jesus and the pardoning of your sin, maybe this is a Sunday for you to be baptized. See, baptism puts you into Christ. You can't get to heaven by just being a good person. I don't care what people say at funerals. Every funeral I go to, person could have been a serial killer, wife beater, a child molester. Oh, he gave a dollar to a hungry man. He going to heaven. No, it don't work like that. The only way you can ever get to heaven is to be obedient to the will of God, to accept the light that comes into Jesus, comes, comes from Jesus Christ. Believe that he's the son of God. Be willing to repent of your sins. Confess him as Lord and Savior. We'll baptize you today. For somebody else's prayer time. Oh, Lord, you need you in a dark place. You know what handles dark places? What handles discouraging places? What, have, what handles uh, depressing places? What handles the darkest place you could ever? Is light. For when light shows up, mm, darkness do like roaches. Some of y'all even had none before. But if you, if you had some, people, ask somebody ever had some in the house. When the lights go in, the roaches go running. When Jesus' light comes on, problems start to dissipate. Challenges go away. Somebody needs prayer this morning. Somebody really going through something. You may be dressed up. You may be looking well. But in your heart, you got tears. You got pain. You got trouble. You got trial. You came to the place. Uh, don't come here today telling Jesus that, you in the boat and it's about to go down. You ought to say, Jesus, I'm in a boat and the storm is bad. I need you to stand up and say, peace be still. For somebody else today, it's time to rededicate your life because you've not been faithful the way that God wants you to be faithful. It's, it's time to get off the sideline. It's time to be faithful every day. It's time to be on a march every day, telling people everywhere about the Savior that brought you a mighty long way, that when you were down, he lifted you up. He put you on a rock, gave you a brand new song, lifted you out of the miry clay. I'm talking about Jesus, the Christ. Whatever your need may be, why don't you come as we sing the song, prepare for invitation. There's a call come ringing all the rest. Let's can you hear him wait, calling? Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. And there are souls to rescue. There are souls to 